another edition of the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Leaf edition this hour. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandale, and General Nick. Next two hours. This one, Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6 p.m. And you can always download our podcast on any platform you choose. And you have your top sheet to your lineup. I have a functioning laptop. Sammy has his lineup. We are so professionals. Let me, let me get this straight. Sammy's needed a, a new computer for like two years now, three no, years. No, I got a new one. No, I know you oh, got yeah. a oh, new okay, one. Yeah, yeah. But you needed one I did, yeah. for the last, I want to say, since the inception of our show, <laughs> which is like almost three years yeah. ago. Yes. Yes. JB needs a new computer yesterday, and he gets one today. Well, the difference between, and this will surprise a lot of people knowing me, I didn't really ask. <laughs> if I want something, I usually ask for it, and right. I'm pretty shameless about it in general. I didn't ask, and I asked, and legitimately, one day later, I had a brand new computer. So <laughs> Look at that thing. It's We're beautiful. We're so laughing. yeah, we have information for you today. Yes. I do have to cover this part up at some point. What's that? Well, you have to get the Sportsnet logo on there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, for now, tomorrow. we'll pretend it's not. Give there. a plug to Apple. Hey, <laughs> if they pay us. Hey, I sat with Tom Cook for a Leaf game. The least you can do. Who now? Tim Cook or Tim Cook? What did I say? Tom. I thought. Tom. Oh. <laughs> I said his brother. His brother. What does he do? <laughs> did you really sit with him? I did. Did he I lend did. you any money? And I had uh, Dennis uh, Chapo, the uh, great Canadian tennis player, beside me. When? Come on. Last night? No. Oh. Like, well, I don't know. Last Four last, years ago. Just oh. let us know if you're sitting by Bill Burr or anything. Did I tell you, I got, a, I got a call from Apple saying that uh, we have a, a VIP coming to the game, and can you sit with him and explain hockey to him? I sat with Tim Cook for, like, I had dinner with Do him. Do you have a cell number? I had dinner. I've got contacts. <laughs> he, he invi- uh, the following year, he invited me out to California to see their new headquarters. Come on. What? Yes. Did you By go? By the way, Kip has did the I most. Did I go? Yeah. Of course I went. Okay. Go you ahead. did go? Of course. How was it? Kip for a long like, time when he had no job. He was just like, I'll go to Cali. Willy Wonka in a chocolate factory. I got to tell you, Kip has the most random. The other one, one time we played golf together and you're like, yeah, I brought uh, Rafael Nadal here. Like, what? <laughs> oh, you mean one of the most top 10 most famous guys on earth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And now that I'm um, 57 years old, I'm calling him Tom now. <laughs> that's, that's how, what a big influence he had on me. Listen, Doug McLean's been on our show three years. He doesn't know my name He almost yet. called you well, Jason last week. Well, he did. you know, at least I'll excuse that one. Yeah. But. All right, the Toronto Jason Maple Leafs. Or Justin, whatever your name is. <laughs> whatever your name is. Uh, dominated the San Jose Sharks, and I got to come back to my boy Sammy from yesterday's show who hmm. wanted to plant a seed that there was – Always the opportunity that the Leafs could play down to their opponent. And you gave out some numbers yep. to maybe suggest that you might want to put some money on it. That was just ridiculous on your by, part. By okay. Ridiculous because. <laughs> before well, we you get, obviously haven't been listening to my picks before, the rest of the year because that's not the only ridiculous. Before we get in, anything on the Leafs, including Samsonov being called up, uh, which probably will lead our charge. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you. That team last night out of San Jose is just a sheer embarrassment Oof. to the NHL. Yeah, that bad, eh? Oh, for sure. They just suck. <laughs> <laughs> they're just not playing. They're not. They're not. They don't get to play the game. 
Like they don't have the puck. They don't have scoring chances. They don't. They don't get to play. I, I, I don't. Un- I don't understand look? how bad that gets. Like I get you're in this rebuild, or you want to stock the cupboards and all of that. But I don't get how you can actually look that bad. It, it, it's right back to as if they were. A 1990 expansion team. It's bad. I know. I know. That's as bad as we've seen a team look in the NHL. Last night at 5-on-5, they had the puck uh, in the Leafs zone for 2 minutes and 40 seconds. Keep in mind, a hockey game is 60 minutes long. 240? Yeah, 350 for the game total with some power play time. Oh, my God. (laughs) I, uh, I played in an era in the NHL when they told you, uh, boys, we got a game tonight uh, against the USA program. Mm-hmm. So we we play against Team USA. Uh, one year we played against uh, Dynamo Moscow. Yeah, really? That's cool. Like an exhibition, an, thing? an exhibition yeah. game. We would do that as an NCAA D one team. Yeah. We play the Canadian team. That's what last night looked like to me. <laughs> Just not in the same literal league. No. Yeah. No. I. And I can appreciate the the work that Mike Greer has to put in, but like, he, who's helping him? I agree trying with to build that. This. Who, as, as, I, I'm, I'm looking GM trying to solve this problem. I, I, I look at their their roster here of 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 what their team is, and I see assistant general manager. Uh, what is it? I can't even see. Wall Wool, Joe Will, who's probably a cap guy, and Tom Holly. Tom Holly. Was a PR guy. He was in public relations. Okay, really? Yeah, and now he's a general manager. You know, uh, you're looking at that part. So, how does he find his way out of it? Mario Ferraro is their number one D man, right? I, I would argue. I guess. I mean, I guess, yeah. You know, if you look at some really good decors around the league, he might be a four on some of those. Then it's Ty Embersim, Henry Thrun, Jan Ruda, Kalen Addison, Kyle Burrows, like. Yeah, that that's what jumps out to me about them is like they are so far away from thinking about if being they competitive. Trying to win today, it would take four years. They have no. There wasn't one guy on that team that will be there when they're good. Like when they, so whenever the year it is that the the Sharks go back to being a competitive team, none of these guys will be on the roster. There's not one guy you look at it like, oh, they they can, you know, you could picture him being there long term. They stink. They, their last win, though, guys, was against the Jets. They beat them I two. Know. They beat them two one. That's How wild. did that? We need to study Just, that. How did that? Happen? <laughs> Give me the like, film. I got. I, I go back and I'm like, Gregor came from there, didn't he? Yes, yeah. they let they Gregor go. Use Gregor. They didn't qualify him. They Great had point. Simone. 25. They had Simone Benoit down the street in Anaheim. Yeah, they couldn't see anything that they would bring him over. You know, I, I'm a huge believer, and I hope that people have picked this up with my con, with some consistency. You just can't be this bad. You have to try. You have to give, you know, the guys who are there some culture and hope of trying to win, the fans something to buy into, something to lean on, something to say, we're, you know, we don't want to finish first, but we're trying. Yeah. You can't outwardly tank this bad. It's, they're terrible. Anyway. The Leafs handle their business. They handle their business. 7-1. You want to get into the game before we go Samsonov, or you want to do Samsonov before the game? Let's do the game game? quick. Okay. All right. Well, 
Mitch, Mar- Mitch Marner, seven, uh, four points. The whole uh, slap cutter tip was a thing of beauty. What's the uh, what's the word now on him uh, on the all time list? Sammy? Seventh. Seventh. Just went past Frank Mahovlich. The big M. The big M. So I think we're gonna have to just. This is something we're gonna get used to here with these two guys and Marner, Matthews, and Willie as well. Like I think they'll probably be one, two, three yeah. in franchise scoring by the way. Yeah. If it's all said and done. Yeah. I, w- I wonder how it's affect Mitch emotionally uh, the Nylander contract because there's there's no doubt that. Knowing that Willie's here the next seven or eight years, it it does for me, anyways. And I don't know how it's affect Mitch Marner or how it's perceived. So I'll throw you this out there: that it seems like forever it was Matthews and Marner, Matthews and Marner, Matthews and Marner, and now it just feels like a little bit to me like it's Matthews and Nylander and Marner now. Yeah, yeah. Willie's played himself. Into that group. Do you think you think you think Mitch is kind of feeling like okay now I gotta really ramp it up because I want to remind people that I was I'm I'm still the guy and I don't want to go anywhere and hope so I'm yeah I'm and building like would, this thing up baby you would know him better than Sam and I would I just can't imagine this has had a huge effect on him I mean he's got a year and a half of contract yeah. left. They're, you know, in a cup run here. He's a good player and, you know. You know this market and if it's not hard to go on the internet right now and have people now speculate, oh, they're not going to sign him. Oh, they're going to sign him. Oh, he wants X amount. Oh, they're going to trade him. Don't you think after years here, he's just like, that's just part of being the market that never stops here? Like, has he not said that he doesn't follow social media in season anymore? Like, Oh, yeah, he's he's had a couple of moments when it's like, Screw you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't <laughs> with, think, with, you know, people are reason. like, people, I've heard a number of people be like, four points. Do you think that Mitch Marner saw Willie's contract? I, like, I said that. No. I said that. Yeah. He that said, was me. What's he? <laughs> that was you. I said that to him. He had 600 <laughs> points as a leaf. He, yeah, they played the yeah. worst team on earth last night. He played, he had four points. <laughs> he has four points all the time. He's super good. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, as I've said, I don't think it's a motivation thing. I, there's just no way to predict where this thing goes without understanding how this team plays this season out. Yeah. And that's times on the Leafs side when it comes to yes. Mitch Marner, times on Mitch Marner's side to decide what his value is moving forward. Yep. You got to weigh all of those pros and cons out. Which, you know, for me, I'll kind of, you know, draw my line in the sand on this because we, I agree with you 100%. We don't know until that happens that it's kind of, this is not going to be a conversation for me. It, you know, Kip, you tend to, you know, if it's relevant, you tell me. But I, I don't, I'm not thinking about Mitch's contract I, really. I don't think it's relevant either. Until you right get now. to the playoffs and you figure out and you get to watch it one yeah. more time. And the way the Willie one played out, like, I went into this offseason, this past offseason, and be like, well, if Willie's not under contract by the, by the start of training camp, he's probably gone. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way that you're going to, you know, do this during the season. And I kind of feel like now that this happened in the season with Brad Living, I kind of feel the same way about Martyr. Like, I'm not like, if it doesn't happen right at the start of the year, I'm confident they can get it done during the year. Like, it, this kind of changed my perception on that. Like, they happened with, with Pasternak last year. I, so yes. much. 
I know. <laughs> you know? That's the thing. Like, I've really come to the realization that these are just going to be the guys. And it's these like, are really good players. They're yeah. tough to get. So, anyways, want to talk about Samsonov? Uh, do you want to go into it... Sheldon Keefe on the game last night? <sighs> what you learned? I mean, these are your clips. Sammy. I know, but like... You guys the, don't want to do Nick com- Robertson? Or? The conversation to me, oh, he got into the sweet spot for the first time all year and shot it in the net? Yeah. That's the most Nick Robertson goal I, of all time. He had time and space and ripped it. You're riling up the locals on Nick Robertson. Everybody's like, yeah, see, he can. Like, why? Everybody is obsessed yes. with Nick Robertson. Yeah, he, it, can, he can do it against Moscow Dynamo. Yeah, no, but people yeah, how, so... how much time and space did he have to just turn square up? That yeah. never happens. But everyone's and like, he could rip it and score. Yeah, and but score. everyone's like, he needs more opportunity. He needs more opportunity. Why hasn't he got more opportunity? There's a reason for this. It's like, oh, you put him up top. They tried him on other lines in other years. It's like people are so obsessed with Nick Robertson being good. And it's just like I, I just get, said he should play last night. I get night, DMs all the time. I was right. We get DMs all the time. I do. We did it last night on Lee's Talk. And they're like, what are you guys talking about with Robertson? He needs more chances. It's like, get your head out of, like, am <laughs> I taking crazy pills? I, I, I still, every once in a while, see him, like, get bumped around. Yes. I saw it last night. I mean, what is Florida going to do to him? Well, that's, I said they used the same team to Sam. I was like, that shot he got last night, it's just not there against good teams. You don't have that time and space. Anyways. But he, yeah, he can light up a team like that, which is why he put him in. Spot like last just, night. You got people being mean to me in my DMs. That's why I was mad at you today. Really? Well, no, but everyone's like, oh, Bourne said you can play. I'm like, God. He can light up the shot. Yeah, shots. you can shoot it. I promise you that. And he love it all for a, a Pontus Holmberg Goal? Yeah, he, he knew you were Mitchell? there. He knew you were there last night. No, it was on TSN. So oh, yeah. uh, but uh, Masters asked Marner in the intermission about Pontus Holmberg, and he said that he's his favorite player in the NHL. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> I love he, that. This that's a goal. He call, I called him Homer. 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 He, that's a goal. That that's a big, a play. powerful cut in. Cut in. One hand. Not sure I want to. Play on a guy that leans like that in the playoffs, type of guy. It's great. What a goal. Yep. He did. Hey, that's, yeah. Can you imagine tight. how good he would have been now if you just left him alone from training camp? Oh. He didn't have to juice up Minton's value. <laughs> <laughs> just starting right Okay. We're not even helping There anymore. it is. <laughs> All right. The biggest story of the day for our boy Sammy. Well, I, wow. From one Sammy to another, he must have had Sammy. some really good practices. Because he's back. He's ready. He's ready. Do we have a soundbite on the, from Sheldon uh, on Sammy? Yes, we do. We do. Clip we five. Have, we have uh, two. Okay, two. let's start there, and then we'll work our way around it. Uh, just, you know, I'm going to take it a day at a time. He's actually, I think he's on the ice at Marley's practice right now uh, with those guys, um, mm. which is sort of a, a step for him. Wrong clip. He's been kind of just skating on his own and, and uh, spending some time uh to himself this is uh, from so, yesterday yeah that's fine. was that not was that clip five or six uh maybe it's my fault here guys hold tight oh yeah. we'll have to wait on those yeah hold on a second here all right the Ilya samson off fact of the matter is he did practice with the marlies no yes. games but a couple of pucks hit him they called him back up i kind of feel like if this whole rehab process was to be go down work on your game whatever you can't not play for too long, so he's back, Kip. Do you think? Um, we have the correct clip here now. Uh, Samsonov, uh, number five there, uh, Derek. On. Uh, well, he'll come on the trip with us uh, here. Um, he'll back up tomorrow night. 
uh, today. It was really just a chance for us to get him in here, get him back into a practice with us, get him back on the ice with Curtis Sanford and, and really see where he's at uh, since we've left. Um, so uh, it's partly about that, but it's uh, equally, if not more, about Dennis Hildeby, quite honestly, who... Uh, we gave the day off to today, assigned to the Marlies, but a day off today, chance to practice with the Marlies tomorrow while we're away and then get a game in with the Marlies on Friday. So that's that's really what it's about. But uh, um, at the same time, it gives us a chance to, to assess Ilya and, and give him an opportunity to, to get back with the group. Okay, I got nothing out of that. I did. What did you get? The, we don't care about Sam Sadoff yet. We're just, he can't not have Hill to be play. We're trying to develop this guy. That's, yeah, that, that's what I mean when I got yeah, nothing out of that. Nothing in terms of their like Sam Sadoff decision making. No, they need Hill to be to play hockey. He may have got called up, but I'm not sure how close he is to playing a game for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, that like, it's funny I hadn't that, heard the clip. That like fully changed my mind on their plan for him. Sheldon Keefe just told us in a nutshell, uh, uh, no. we don't know. We don't know. He's, but that wasn't like, hey, it's been a really good week, and we'd yeah. like to get him uh, in on the weekend. We're not going to play Jones back-to-back. Like, if I was a betting man, mm. I'd say there's a better chance the Hilda Beast plays Sunday versus Detroit right now than Samsonov. Agreed. Ooh. Agreed. Developing oh, story. Do we have the, the number six as well? Sure, we can, we, can, we can play that, and then we can, we can react off of that. Uh, yeah, you want to see him play with confidence in the net. Uh, you want to see him right now. All we have to go off of his practices. You want to see him practice well and have good habits, and and you want to see him, you know, have life about him and, and confidence. Uh, so that's it. Just a chance to assess him, and you know, today is a good day for him to, like I said, work with Curtis again, um, and uh, be around our team for for a bit here, and and we'll reassess uh, after Friday. Best thing Samsonov could do is like overcook some glove saves like Patrick Waugh in practice yeah. and show confidence and do a bunch of no, confident not. moves. Yeah. Is it not, it done. And is then it, to break it breezes one past his ear and then he just lets in six. Is it not strange that Curtis Sanford has not been working with him? Like Curtis Sanford has been with the Leafs. This goalie that they're trying to get back to Leaf ready is what they tell us has been working yeah. with the AHL goalie coach, which fine, but you'd think you'd want him working with the guy you have deemed the better goalie coach. Yes. I, I, I think the whole thing's kind of weird. I think it's I think it's strange that he has not played a game yet since they put him on waivers. I think I would have liked to have seen him this weekend play for the Marlies Friday night. Not Hilda B. Yeah. I, it is. It's super strange. Um, but wherever he plays, he needs to play. Yes. You can't make any decision till he does hockey. So let's resume with the hockey doing and then make some decisions here. Like, the less, uh, the less we see him in action here, the less you're, you're going to trust him no matter how good he is. Right. And it's not like he played 32 of their first 38 games and some rest will do him some good. Like, he's only gone, been in a dozen games dating back to last May. You know, it's, he needs to right? play hockey. Like, this is, uh, this is getting into that, like, 
where are we going with this? Because yeah, well, right it's now going it's going towards Samson of not being a leaf. And it's going towards Martin Jones taking the bulk of this thing up until Joseph Wall is ready. Is Joseph Wall and Martin Jones any worse a tandem than Joseph Wall and Ilya Samsonov? I mean, I, I told you guys yesterday, Jones truther over here. I now am in. If if the Leafs didn't have Jones and he was playing for some other team with a 930 and in 11 or 12 starts, you'd be saying, what could we do to get a guy like Jones? What would that cost? He's here. That's Let a him, good point. You know, he's as good a bet as anyone as Jake Allen is. His his career peak is higher than Allen's, and they're no different in age. But so don't if we go- asked 32 general managers, who would they rather have, Jake Allen or Martin Jones? I'd say probably all of them would go to Allen. You think so? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I mean, that, that could be the case. Uh, I'm not so sure that 32 guys would be right in that case. I think they're kind of the same quality of well, guy you're getting. Either one could get hot at the right time. That's only because... Perhaps Allen's stock has dropped right. compared to your sample size this season. Yeah. Let's look up what's old Jake but Allen up to. I, there's a tremendous shortage going on right now with goaltenders yeah. in the National Hockey League. Jake Allen's played 14 games, 3-5-2 save percentage. Yeah. Sorry, uh, he's at 900 save percentage. 900. Yeah. Jones is whatever so it's 9.32 right now. Yeah. I just can't see him getting in a game this week. Sam's enough. Unless, like, they go to Long Island and Jones gets lit up or whatever mm-hmm. in the first half of the game. Maybe they get him in that way. I guess it's a, but, like, they're not going to start him. And especially on home. Like, they're going to make – they're going to give him the first start since his little sabbatical here, the second half of a back-to-back on home ice. <laughs> That's a tough spot. Well, I can score, too. Gets in, into a – like, Big, bigger picture too of 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 where the Leafs schedule goes from here on in, and I think you guys had a couple exchanges on our on our our chat line yeah. about the schedule being one of the tougher ones for the Leafs coming up, and it's not a box of chocolates between now and the All Star break. No, the Leafs do have statistically, um, you know, there's a number of places to check strength of schedule, um, but one of the sites I think it's either Tankathon or Power. Gurus, whatever it is, <laughs> they have the hardest schedule. Are those, left real, in the league. Are those real things? Those are real websites. Okay, well, they have the hardest schedule left uh, left in the league. But all that is is most schedules tilt towards division play at the end of the season, and the Leafs play in a division with Boston and Florida and Tampa Bay and Detroit, and it's a tough division. But you know, I think as guys who watch Leafs every night, you know, I'd rather see them start to play against some good teams than yes. the three tomato cans in a row that we watched them play, right? Like. Coming, so this schedule, it's a tough schedule. Nine games between now yeah. and the All-Star break. Uh, Saturday night, it starts with the Nate Dog in, in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit, which we think would be a non-Martin Jones game. And then it goes Edmonton, Ooh. Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle, Winnipeg, Winnipeg. So Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Edmonton. Those, yeah. are, those are like, the three hottest is, teams. Isn't that where you look at Martin Jones and go, now... Let's yeah. Let's see what you are. Let's see what you are. The best records in the NHL since November twenty fourth. The Oilers are the best, sixteen three and zero and eight forty two winning percentage. The Jets are second, sixteen four and two seven seventy three. Canucks are third, fourteen five and two seven fourteen. So the Leafs will see a bunch of the best Canadian teams. God, it's fun having a whole bunch of Canadian teams playing well right now. Let's go. 
give me some good matchups here. And well, then you can make some decisions on who's what for this team come playoffs. Uh, but that stretch, you know what that says to me? Mm. You need another goalie you trust. You know, where's Wall? Is he not ready for those? No. Too bad. This is, guys, this is uh, a trade deadline decision here. They're going to they're gonna keep rocking and rolling here with I think so. Jones and I think so. the ghost goalie. Either Hildeby gets in or Samsonov gets yeah. another crack. We're going to see one of those guys at some point here. Yeah, I, I. the most important thing is, is Martin Jones has bought you time. He certainly has. And absolutely on fire. Lots of teams. Some of them have already uh, had their, their pro scouting meetings. A lot of them are going through them this week. This, this is when decisions get made. This is what we think we need. So start buckling down yeah. on wants and needs. And for the Leafs, how do you not... And they just finished theirs, I believe. So how do you not have your, your goaltending conversations yeah. throughout the league? Should we listen to Keith on what he learned from the winning streak they've just been on? See if there's anything there? Sure. Yeah, sure. Clip one? Yeah, sure. Well, we've just found a groove, uh, found some comfort in playing in close games. Uh, I think, you know, we come out of that Columbus game, which I thought we played a good game in that one, but it's a mess, right? You give up six or lose the game. Gets the team's attention. You know, you get a chance as a coach to get the team's attention. And nobody likes that. You don't like, you don't feel good coming out of that game. And uh, things just kind of snap into place. I mean, over 82 games, so, you know, you you snap into one of these stretches where things go well and you're feeling good and you're, and you're in a groove. And then you get some stretches where you just can't quite get it. You're out of sorts. So right now we're, we're in a, we're in a good, uh, good groove and, Feeling good about how we've performed here of late. Uh, schedule's going to get both busier and, and more difficult uh, you know, the rest of this month. So we, we've got to keep building on this. Which means going to need a whole lineup from top to bottom. Max Domi, 17 minutes. I don't know, someone said on our show yesterday maybe <laughs> might be a good idea for Max Domi to play 17 minutes. Uh, I think he listens to our show. Uh, definitely not. <laughs> uh, we got to go to get to Matt Martin, but uh, you said um, you said during yesterday that you'd like to see all the starters play no ice time, and fifteen. You, your your uh, wishes were granted. Yeah, Tavares Mar- played the least on the team. Willie second least. Yeah, they played barely. Martin played sixteen twenty two. Matthews played fifteen thirty fifteen fifty three. Perfect. Yeah, sets up for. Them playing more coming up. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to play more. Rest the dogs. All yeah. right. We're going to take a break here. Matt Martin, New York Islander forward, will welcome his former club, the Toronto Maple Leafs, in a Long Island on Thursday night. We'll talk about that and more when we return on Real Kipper and Bourne. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kipperos, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee back waiting on Matt Martin, who... It's closing in on 1,000 games. 
All right, he's ready. Let's welcome in New York Islander, Matt Martin, former Toronto Maple Leaf. I was just saying to the boys here, 1,000 games closing in here. It's a big number, Matt. Does it feel yeah, like it? Well, yeah, um, doesn't really feel like it. I mean, so what? You know, full season to go, so we'll see uh, how things shape up. But, uh, you know, a lot of hockey I've played in my career and uh, pretty proud of it. And how much of that, uh, you know, I wonder how many of those games have been with Sezikas and Clutterbuck. Like, they have been synonymous with your career there. How close are you guys? You guys must be like family at this point. Yeah, we're like family, all right. Uh, a lot of bickering back and forth <laughs> by one another. And uh, mainly Casey and Cal, I'm kind of the uh, mediator and all of it. But, um, you know, we spend a lot of time together, obviously, take a lot of pride in uh, what we do and what we've done. And, um, you know, the uh, the bickering is usually in uh, uh, now our hearts are in the right place, I guess, because we just want the best out of one another. So uh, we spend a lot of time together. You know, in the off season, we all live uh, in New York now, and uh, you know, it's been a lot. Been, been a good ride. Been a lot of fun. I know you guys are coming off a tough loss against the Vancouver Canucks. You welcome in the Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow night. Uh, does it does it feel like moons ago that you were a, a Toronto Maple Leaf and uh, What's it like playing against the Leafs for you personally? Yeah, it does. It, I mean, it feels like a long time ago. I guess now it's, what, six years since I've played in Toronto. And, and I enjoyed my time there, uh, you know, for the most part, not necessarily my playing situation. But, uh, you know, Mitch Marner is one of my good friends. I'm actually, uh, he's going to stop by um, shortly uh, for dinner. But, um, you know, you make uh, friends along the way, a lot of good relationships, love the city of Toronto. Uh, my my wife, Sydney, and I loved our, our time there. And um, But, you know, we're happy to be back in New York. This is where I was drafted and, um, you know, pretty fortunate to uh, have the opportunity to come back here. I don't think too many guys, uh, you know, end up leaving a place and, and working their way back. And not only that, ending up getting back with their same two line mates that they were with before. So it was very familiar and easy transition to come back here for me. And um, now this is where I'll, I'll spend, you know, most likely the rest of my life. And uh, we love it here. Matt, tell us a little bit about the state of the Islanders right now. Um, you guys are in a dogfight in a really tough division. There's got to be, you know, seven very good teams in the Metro this year. Um, you know, looking at the guys that have helped you have some of your success, um, maybe tell us a bit about Noah Dobson, a guy who previously hadn't been uh, a household name who probably deserves to be at this point. Yeah, well, first, you know, just for us as a team, to your point, the Metro just always seems to be a dogfight all the way till the end. Um, even when we were on a, a hot streak there, we couldn't really pull away from the pack. And then you lose a couple and, and you're flirting with, you know, seventh, eighth place in the division. So, uh, you know, I think it's just a couple points to separate third from eighth. Um, and, you know, Carolina and the Rangers haven't exactly pulled away from the pack yet either. Um, a lot of good hockey teams, and we just got to, you know, continue to fight and continue. Every game is going to be important from here on out and um, got to find ways to pick up points. And then uh, Noah Dobson is, you know, this year especially, it's, it's kind of blossomed into, you know, a star defenseman in this league. Um you know, he works hard at his game, always has. Um, you know, I think last year he probably got some unfair criticism. I think people forget how young he is um, and the responsibility that he took on. 
um, being, you know, a top pair defenseman on this team. And uh, this year is, is, you know, with the addition of Orby and, and you know, Barzi even kind of finding a new level in his game, uh, those three guys, along with Brock Nelson, just seem to be really the catalyst for our team offensively. And we rely on them every night. We're talking to Matt Martin, New York Islander forward. Uh, Matt, uh, you guys have not been able to string back-to-back wins, I think, since the second week in December. What has been the the main issue here on the inconsistencies? Um, Well, you know, we've had a couple long, well, we've had a long road trip against some pretty good teams out west, come back home. I'll play Vancouver, play Toronto tomorrow, and then we'll go back on the road again. I think, you know, at the end of the day, our, our biggest issue this year has been um, you know, when a team does get a goal, we we, we got to come out right after and, and take the game back or uh, change the course. We've blown a lot of third-period leads. Um, you know, a game like yesterday, Vancouver scores just after a power play and make it one nothing late in the first in a game we are playing well in. And then, you know, shortly after they get another one to make it 2 nothing, And we just need to get better at, you know, when we do give up a goal, regardless of the score, when we do give up a goal, um, you know, not letting them pile up and not letting the mistakes pile up and, and taking the game back when we have an opportunity to. Matt, for, for years, the Islanders kind of MO was to, you know, you gave up a lot of shots. Maybe yeah. your goaltending was exceptional. Everything seemed to come from the outside. You know, is that sort of priority, I guess, what is the identity of this version of the Islanders? I know a lot of it is still built on the backs of getting great goaltending, but you've been there a lot of years and seen sort of the identity of this change while you've been there, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I can assure you that the identity should still be keeping the puck out of our own net. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, you know, it's something we're, we're constantly uh, trying to fix, um, and we need to do a better job of it. I, I think our goalies have been, you know, Tremendous as always. We I think Billy Sorokin's one of the best in the league, and you know Varlamov's a starter on every other team and, and just about every other team in hockey. So uh, we have one of the best tandems, if not the best tandem, and um, you know we got to give them a little bit more support. I think uh, we we've gotten a lot better offensively, and maybe there's a little bit of give and, and give and take there, but we definitely shore some things up defensively. We give up you know too many opportunities, and mainly they're off poor execution on breakouts and turnovers and, and wrong situations. And, and those are just areas where we, as a team, can be smarter um, because our defensive structure, you know, is more or less the same. And, and we've proven that it works. Uh, we just got to execute better. Not that I'm going to put you out to pasture just yet, but you are getting up there a little bit. And when I look back at uh, you breaking into the league, what, in 2010, can you talk a little bit about the evolution of uh the tough guy, the fourth line guy, uh, the Leafs recently uh, signed Ryan Reeves, and it's hard for him to get into the lineup. I think of your days with the Leafs, and it was kind of hot and cold on whether or not they wanted a tough guy in the lineup every night. Where where do you see this thing moving forward? Are there where's the next Matt Martin going to come from? Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's kind of constantly evolving. I think the rules have changed. You know, I spent my first probably four or five years every offseason there trying to get me bigger and heavier. Wow. uh, (laughs) You know, and then uh, you you turn around and next thing you know, the rules change. And for the last, whatever, seven, eight years, they've been trying to get me lighter. So, (laughs) um, you know, I think 
there's so many mobile players, especially on the back end these days, the, the amount of offense that you know, these defensive guys play, like Quinn Hughes last night, for instance, just such a dynamic player offensively. Um, you know, the speed of the game's changed. The rules have changed. Um, you know, I, I think when I first came in the league, all the defensemen were six foot plus, and you're seeing smaller and smaller guys in this league now with the rule changes. So, um, and then I think it's, you know, team, the way teams want to be built. Some teams want to be built. You know, you look at some of the West Coast teams, look at LA, they're a big team. Um, and then you look at some of the teams on the East, um, you know, smaller with speed. Um, you know, back even in the early 2000s, you looked at a team like Chicago and a team like LA winning the cup back to back years. It felt like each year teams were trying to replicate those teams. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think those are the trends you see. Um, but, you know, with the, the rules constantly changing to make the game faster, I don't think it'll ever get to the point where it's, you know, that big again. Um, although, you know, with the way, you know, training is and sports sciences, I'd imagine big guys are going to become pretty mobile and fast as well. So, um, you know, for myself, it's always been constantly evolving. I've always had to kind of change my game to stay in this league. Um, you know, obviously the way things ended for me in Toronto, uh, a lot of people counted me out and thought my career was going to be over right after that. And I have been able to, uh, you know, continue on for whatever, six plus years here. So uh, I go into every off season trying to, you know, get faster, get better, improve on the areas I need to improve on. And, um, but at the end of the day, it's, there's, there's trends to this game that you got to kind of follow and stay in tune with or else you'll find yourself on the outside looking in. Well, and, you know, one thing I think that, like, Leafs fans here have kind of come to grips with is that we, we've yet to see a team just kind of pure skill their way to win. And the Leafs, every, you know, every trade deadline are like, how can we add some grit and muscle? And I guess I kind of feel like the pendulum might be swinging back a little bit in the sense that come playoffs, like, it's still a game where intimidation and physical hockey matters. Oh, absolutely. And for the most part, I think whistles go away and, yeah. you know, refs are going to, when it comes down to it, let you know, the boys decided by themselves, uh, try not to get involved. Nobody likes it when they get overly involved. Um, but yeah, I mean, playoff hockey is always going to be big and physical. Um, and, you know, I think you look at a guy like Connor McDavid, he, he had 10 hits in a playoff game. I, I don't think he's somebody who's necessarily going to be physical every night. Um, I think we as players understand the investment in a seven game series of taking the body and, and, you know, wearing teams down. And that doesn't mean hurting everyone always says that just means hurting people. That's not what it is. It's just, you know, the hit you throw on somebody in game one and you're chasing them down and gave game five, you know, he might turn a puck over in slot that can beat the difference in a hockey game. So uh, not to mention the, the, you know, the tiredness you're going to feel of getting hit over and over and over again throughout the course of, know a week and a half long series so um the uh the stakes always rise come playoff time and everybody's you know a little bit more committed and a little bit more committed to playing the game physically and and rough and blocking shots and doing those little things that maybe you don't see every night during regular season one more for me and i'd be remiss if i didn't follow up your answer with this one and that is the Ryan Hartman situation between Minnesota and Winnipeg, where 
He went after Cole Perfetti. That really had nothing to do with a cross check on Kirill the Thrill. Like, Marty, that stuff used to happen nightly when I played. That stuff just doesn't happen anymore, does it? Yeah, not far and few between, I would say. Uh, you know, I know, I know. In your day, it definitely happened a lot. It even happened earlier in, in my career. And um, you know, right, coaches in the past would tell you, like, listen, if they take a round at your star player, you take around their star players. Uh, that's that was just part of the game back then. Um, you know, I think all of that stuff is is farther and few between now. Um, you know. I, I don't think he necessarily deserved to take a high stick in that situation. Uh, but no, I guess, you know, Hartman in his mind is standing up for his player. And uh, I think when we talked last year, even about the fighting and, you know, jumping a guy after a clean hit, I'm, I'm never necessarily going to fault the guy for, for sticking up for his team. But, um, you know, Winnipeg, uh, Minnesota games should be pretty fun for, yes. for the rest of the <laughs> yeah. year. And, We're looking forward uh, to it. You know, that's the kind of hockey I love. I'm sure that's the kind of hockey you guys love. So, um, you know, there's there's another level that these games get to, and that's what makes the game special. I mean, I grew up watching Colorado, Detroit battle it out in the playoffs, and, right. you know, to this day, those are my favorite series of all time. So there's true hatred, true rivalry there, and I think that's what gets – that's the beauty of sport. It gets everyone's blood boiling. You feel invested, and you fall in love with it. Well, we really appreciate your time. And, and speaking of blood boiling a little bit, can you get the fans to just back off JT a little oh. bit tomorrow night? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's I, now listen, do I, him a favor. JT is my buddy. Uh, you know, he's a great captain, but these fans aren't backing off. <laughs> no, they're not. At the same time, they're not. Uh, you know, they're passionate, they care, uh, they don't like the way it ended. No, there's no telling them otherwise. But, uh, <laughs> he made the best decision for him. But, um, you know, we love our fans for the way they are. Um, but, you know, myself personally, I don't hold anything against JT for, for going home to play. That's his decision. Uh, but, yeah, you know, our fans aren't going to let up, and, and that's the beauty of it. They're not. And, and, you know, what? I just want to say before you let him go that, you know, Matt, we uh, – Matt does a lot for the Clark Gillies Foundation. He's an ambassador. He's an MC. Does everything for him. Uh, we're very grateful for you. Grateful uh, for your time today, man. Appreciate it. There you go. Thanks, Thanks Matty. Matt Martin. What a class guy. He is that for and sure. And honest. And uh, yeah, got a lot of time for that guy. Yeah. Uh, he has. You know, there's in the Instagram and TikTok era. There's like all these like best chirps. And everything that goes, like, best hockey chirps of all time. And, like, you watch these videos. Him getting Drew Miller was one of the all-time. Drew Miller, because it was during, like, the 24-7. And Drew Miller was like, oh, why don't you go back to the minors? And he looked at him and was like, you spent more time in the minors than me, you dumb F. Go dye your hair. Because <laughs> he had, like, pitch silver, like, silver hair. But it's unbelievable to have spent more time somewhere in the minors than to go back to the minors. And he was just like. Go. You spend more time than me there, you, you dumb idiot. Go you know? dye your hair is <laughs> just a hair. ruthless trip. Imagine a team telling them to get bigger and heavier and stronger. You know, I, I was at already uh, is. I was at Isles Camp uh, with him in in '08, I think it was, and he was just a young guy, and he was a monster. I was terrified of him. Yeah, they beefed him up for four or five years. 
And then all of a sudden, yeah, the game changes, and they're like, now get on the treadmill. That's a tough yeah. spot. Hit the, hit the Peloton, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing that we did not touch at all so far in the show regarding the Toronto Maple Leafs is Matthew Nyes needed mm. help. Matthew uh, knees? Off the, uh, Matthew. No, I'm just saying his knees are hurt. Is that, is that what it is? I, someone said that he may have hit a rut or something that was on his own. Would you like to hear the coach talk about it? I would love it, okay. Sammy. Uh, that is clip number... Did I not put it in? Clip number... Maybe I didn't put it in. Oh, yeah, I did. Number four. Uh, it looks good. It looks good. We, we're not going to know more until tomorrow, but it, uh, it looks good. He's, he's not ruled out for tomorrow's game. He's not ruled out until He's not. Okay. Do you know or did you see exactly what happened? Uh, I kind of saw it, but it, it looked pretty innocent. But, uh, like, he gave us... Yeah, just kind of tweet something, and, and uh, yeah, he was he was obviously fearful of, of that it was something uh, something bad. But sometimes these things settle down, and I think that seems to be the case. But we won't really know until until it really settles, and probably really until he wakes up tomorrow and, and you see where he's at. So, did you watch the video? No, I watched him getting helped off. The oh my area. god, it looked like his season was over. Like he couldn't. <laughs> He couldn't put any weight. Like he had like six drag. guys yeah. carrying him around. Uh, it sounds like he, he he's hopeful that he's accurate on the downplaying it. Yeah, but like, tweaking it's something never great and to feel anything, hopefully go in your knee and then go. I'll be fine. Hopefully that it settles down. Yeah. <laughs> you guys yeah. gonna roll your eyes at me for this? Mm. But because it was San Jose, God, he looked good last night. He yeah. looked like what Who he could be. I know. Who did? I, I know. But he looked so good, spinning off guys, hanging onto the puck. Yeah. Like you can see this version you've of been, him. You've been, you've been. Yeah, he would dominate it. the AHL, you, you, which he played against. You last have night. been seeing it from day one. You have, you have. Yeah, that there's always like those spurts. He has this growing confidence to cut back on guys and hang on to the puck, and he's going to be a very tough guy to manage down low throughout his career. Twenty-two years old, it's a monster. Yeah, see? and you know, not to rehash what we talked about between the Philadelphia Flyers and Anaheim and Cutter Goche, but like for a lot of people, Cutter Goche was the Leafs Matthew Nyes. Yeah. Mm. And every once in a while before Matthew Nyes stepped in for one NHL game, we've had conversations on, do you trade him? And the Leafs need a D and they got to give up something that yeah. Someone wants, and you're like, no, and not the one guy no. who's big. And that's that's what uh, you've yeah. traded him a couple yeah, times. I traded him a couple times for sure. I did. And now you're like, he has to be the most untouchable guy outside of the core guys, of course. Yeah. But like, as far as that one chip that you know, Brad Tree Living is constantly. Getting asked is, you know, where's your wiggle room to move Matthew Nyes? And it's, like, non-existent. No, I wonder if he had just becomes so good that they, you know, they stop hearing those calls. Like, no one calls and says, what would you, you know, what's Matthews, you know, available yeah. for? Like, is there a point where you just don't call on guys, great players anymore? Can he get well, into that group? That's no. a few years away. Yeah. To me, like you're saying all these great things about Nyes, and I agree, he looks very good. But if the Leafs had have traded him for like a really good defenseman last couple of years, yeah. and he was contributing at a high level, and the, he was playing okay in Anaheim, I'm not going to be like, 
crying my eyes no, out about this, it, right? This is why it's frustrating talking to people about trades in the NHL. It's like you're allowed to trade really good players because yes. you're hoping to get one back. Yeah. You know, and that's this Drysdale, uh, yeah. you know, Goche thing could be that. We do see trades where it happens sometimes. And like, Nye's really good and he's playing with the good players and yeah. he has moments where he looks really great, but he's still like a couple years away from being really, really yeah, he, good to me. He's on pace for 18 yeah. goals. Yeah, it's not like he's not dominating. Yeah. The one thing that we're getting more and more out of Brad Tree Living is snippets of there isn't don't expect this magic trade to now yeah. get us to the next level. Yeah. What's more apparent... That's how you know he's new here. ...is <laughs> the cupboards <laughs> are fairly Bare. empty, thanks to Kyle Dubas. Sure. And that's why it's they might be short conversations for him. I don't know how in play the Leafs will be when you're locked into the thought that Matthews Nyes is untouchable right now, we're not trading him. And really it comes down to how you feel about Minton and uh, the kid in London, uh, Cowan. Yeah. Hey, I feel, man. I feel like I haven't brought this out in a while, but I'll drive, drive either to the airport. <laughs> Love it, Sam. For, oh, a, for, a, for a good player. Like it's, I don't care about three years from now, boys. This team is in its competitive window at yes. this moment. Yeah. It's time. You don't have to make good points, Sammy, but there's a good one to end our first hour on our Leaf edition. Okay, our thanks to Matt Martin, New York Islander forward. The Toronto Maple Leafs are in Long Island for another JT. Maybe they'll back off. Maybe they'll back off. But don't you back off our show as we take a break. We come back more real Kipper and Bourne. The National Hour. We'll talk Winnipeg Jets. Maybe better than the Vancouver Canucks? Maybe. Maybe.